0: everyone and welcome to another episode of the rotation on the rocker youtube and wherever you can listen to podcasts i'm pretty sure how you guys doing i'm here with a oh man we've got a packed house tonight my goodness we got five people in the building my name is ashley hey, aka bro. midnight as always i am joined by icon and kingdom and this week we've we're treated to the coaches being on guys you're no stranger to the podcast here on the rocker youtube but this one i think is your first rotation appearance so welcome saint and welcome reppin thank you guys so much for taking the time i know it's been an absolutely insane book wild week for you guys and i'm sure at this point you're just trying to take take the new the new player the new roster and just get to it but I just want you on here to ask you even more questions and I'm sure the chat is really excited uh, to, to kind of hear what's what's been going on. So um, to go over it a little bit and just get right into it, um, in case you guys missed it, Minnesota rocker we've made a roster change here um on the starting lineup for Minnesota rocker so I don't know Jake or um Brian or maybe both of you can you explain to me um what happened what roles changed and as a result of that who is on the team now and and just tell me the deal
1: um yeah so basically we all kind of came to the conclusion ourselves and every single player on the team that uh Preston needed to switch to a second AR role, considering he, you know, stated he felt super uncomfortable in the second sub, it was working really well in practice, but uh, once we went to the matches, it just didn't translate uh, even close to the same way that it was, you know, every day when we we're practicing, so that was pretty much decided unanimously by everyone, and that kind of put us in a situation where we could either A, move Mike to a second SMG, or B make the decision to bring in a younger talent uh, SMG from Challengers, and uh, you know keep Mike or Lamar in the main AR role, and then you know inevitably bench someone.
0: And uh, Jake, tell me about like as a as a reaction to that, or kind of who have you guys brought on now to actually fill in that that sub role?
2: Yeah, so um, obviously that that opened a void in our roster, and we actively um, sought out Standy who has been a challengers player for about two years. He won challengers champs last year, and he's been on our radar for or Brian's radar specifically for over a year now. And we're, we're just really happy to be able to put him in, to be honest.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited in icon kingdom. I'm stoked to hear your guys's like impressions on this. Um, obviously <laughs> I co-stream together. And so when we, you know, saw that rocker match, the, the Paris match, and then the Florida match, you know, you and I were just kind of sat there like, wow, man, like what is going on and what is going to happen? Uh, so, yeah, I would just love to know your guys' takes like on this swap. Do you think it's the right time, right place, right people? Um, I kind of love to hear your, your thoughts first.
3: Yeah. So, first of all, once the the stage two groups were picked, I personally was kind of shocked that just to see how the teams, you know, like I figured once la thieves was put over in group a i thought the next group would be between like florida new york or minnesota i thought that's kind of where they were at at the time so to see new york come through and then paris come through and then toronto come through and the teams kept coming off the board i was a little shocked to see minnesota go so low so i thought that first week was super important obviously going into the second week matches having to go up against optic and dallas which are most people would probably agree those are the two toughest matches in the second stage so i thought those first two matches were super important for overall standing and trying to make the winner's bracket out of this second stage and to see those kind of go how they went i thought that was probably the first time where we started to think okay the match against toronto and the stage one major didn't really go the way that we wanted it to go so that was the first time and then we saw the match against paris and just kind of took me by surprise and the same thing with florida and it just didn't seem like we were getting the production that we hoped just from you know kind of all over the place attach was playing really well of course attach always plays well But from Priesta and accuracy, and and Mike didn't really look super comfortable with the QBZ. You know, the second day he went and he ran the Krig a little bit more, and it just didn't seem like the comfort level was there. So at that time, there had been some roster moves made, like with Paul X coming on and with Insight. And I think one major difference this year from last year is that there really weren't a ton of roster moves made right away last year. And I think this year you're seeing teams start to realize that, okay, it's the second major or it's the second stage. And even though it's only the first week, if there's something that's not working right and we're not performing the way that, you know, up to the standards that we have, let's go ahead and let's try to shake things up a little bit early. So I thought it was interesting. Um, Of course, Standy's been playing super well, both in challengers, just won the last challengers cup and, I mean, he's a he's a great player. I think he's going to complement attach really well. But biggest thing that I see is that it's going to allow Priesta to do the things that he likes to do. Right where we've seen him have the most success in the past is when he's playing a fast AR alongside Simp and a BZ. and that's really where he can just be free to do what he likes to do and what he does best. So I think that this will probably give him the freedom to feel a little bit more comfortable. And when you pair a true SMG alongside a Tatch, that should open everything up. Of course, we have, you know, some questions about how it came about and, um, you know, like why Standy over maybe a couple others that might be there. Not that it's the wrong move, just that, you know, we've seen Venom come up recently and, and some other AMs. But overall, I, I think it was much needed. I think it's tough. I think Mike is like a pro's pro, right? I mean, that's kind of who he is and it's tough to see and it's tough to go through, but sometimes these are the tough decisions that come along. So it's interesting to see how the scene as a whole is making moves early, but I think it's a right move and I think it's gonna allow Attach to feel a little bit more comfortable knowing he has a true SMG and Priest to feel a little bit comfortable being in the flex role or the second AR role. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But uh, it's it's nice to see that you know we're not waiting forever, and if something needs shaking up, we're we're not afraid to go through and do it.
2: Yeah, I, I yeah, agree. I, mean... I think you pointed out a few good things, Brian. I'll jump in just because I, I had a couple things I heard that I felt like we should speak to and then i'll kick it over to you i think the draft selection was a really good point like that had to have been scary to look at especially going into beating you know some pretty good teams in the first stage um one thing that's interesting is that draft selection was redone three times um we got picked in different places i i couldn't tell you it was a back-end thing and and teams were Mm -hmm. mispick teams were picking duplicatively and there was a
0: what the heck um, <laughs> i told you
4: guys it was i told you guys it was too interesting um, and different different uh, so
2: <laughs> i yeah so um you know that was interesting to say the least i think um to answer your question like going into paris we recognized how important those first two days were i guess not your question but your statement like those two matches were must wins for us particularly because of the back half of of our pool play you know sort of experience so um we were actively working and hyper-focusing on those first two matches. With that being said, um, our practices have been really good and they haven't translated into matches and the mistakes we're making in matches, we're able to point out and identify, we identified them after the Dallas match weeks, you know, a month ago. Um, and we fixed them in practice and they continuously happen in matches. So after the Toronto match where it seemed to happen again, Brian and I actively troubleshot and said, okay, like if this turns around if this doesn't turn around we should have someone ready to go we're not sure what change would need to be made but you know we want to fix this internally but if if we can't we don't want to be waiting around we want to figure this out ahead of time and that's when we sort of started hyper focusing on sandy or eli so I, I think one i wanted to point out the sort of sequence of events and then when the mistakes happened again particularly in the paris series i think it became apparent that there was something uh, that needed to be done on our side. So th- those are just a few of the talking points I wanted to get out before throwing it to Bray.
1: Yeah, the only thing I really want to say outside of all that is it felt like now was the perfect time to make the change because A, we get the best experience possible going up against uh, Optic in Dallas this week and B, um, you can't wait until later in the season, especially with this format, to try and make a change to a uh, turn things around. You need to start acclimating these points now. We're currently tied for seven with like four teams and, and the longer we wait and, and hope things get better, the, the bigger pit we put ourselves into. And then we kind of get to a point where we're uh, reliant on a really good group stage and then a really good major placing. So it's better to try and, you know, push the initiative now, get as many reps as possible and uh, climb when there's still a lot of cushion left uh, toward the later half of the season.
4: I think this is not a position that the Minnesota Rocker planned on being in, obviously. Uh this team would probably have stayed together if you guys were like top six. Uh I mean I was surprised that the LA Thieves are making a change because they are top six, but they want to stay there. You know, so they're one of mm-hmm. the only teams. The other teams making these changes are in the bottom four, which is where Minnesota finds themselves even though they're tied for seventh um and so i think it was absolutely the right time uh, one of the things that nobody thought about last year and people aren't thinking about this year well now they are is like i mean we talked about it on the first episode of our show if you accl- if you accumulate enough points if atlanta phase wins another major it's like they're guaranteed champs then they're just playing for their seating yep. and getting into champs there's only eight teams going getting into champs is the bottom of the barrel for players like Attach. Like you that's not, and for an organization like the Minnesota Rocker, you guys like not making champs would be lower than not winning a tournament this year. Like you gotta get into champs. Mm-hmm. And I think the the organization is making a smart decision. Um, I think this is the first time in the history of COD that I've seen coaches really make most of the roster decisions, is what it feels like, I'll say. Um, And I, you know, I can imagine for you, Brian and Jake, you guys have been asked so many questions. It's like a media junket, like you just made a movie or something and you're getting asked the same questions over and over and over. And I kind of wanted to ask you, Brian, and maybe you haven't been asked this as a former player, seeing the way trades are made now, like Attach was saying he watched the series with Standy yesterday or the day before, but he didn't really know. He couldn't name like his teammates from last year, but old school Cod. You picked up people you knew you picked up you know and i'm not saying it's a friends league or anything like that but it's like you picked because there's friends that are in the challenges league right now like saints and methods and stuff like that so you know you know homies aren't just getting picked up these days it's more uh serious and there's a lot that goes to it into it and you guys have had to make a very tough decision for an entire organization Mm -hmm. and i can't imagine the pressure of that my question for you is as a former pro player how different Mm -hmm. are roster changes and from you being a part of that change What does that pressure feel like as a coach when you're making a decision for all of the Minnesota rocker, like who's going to be the next player on the team?
1: No, it's, yeah, I mean, you're completely right. It's it's definitely much, much uh, different. When we kind of came to the conclusion that we would like to explore picking up a uh, SMG player from the challenger scene before we even told them we were, you know, interested in standing and trying to work things out with him to bring him on as our sub, Uh, you know, they were naming familiar names for all them as, you know, someone we should pick up and they knew pretty much nothing about Stanley at all. Uh, they were talking to me, like, are you sure this kid's in? Like, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? I'm like, trust I mean, me. That. Like, I will send you a lot of VOD he has from, you know, this season and even last season, if you want to see that. Like, I put my trust in this kid. Like, you guys are just going to have to trust me on this one. Uh, I mean, if you look at these other teams, they've all been going the route of picking up these newer players that, you know, the general pros in the season don't know too much about. So you're just going to have to take my word on this one and like, when this kid gets here, I, I guarantee you he will live up to the expectations. So there's definitely pressure in that regard. Uh, because, you know, if he doesn't live up to the standard, you know, I hold him to, then I feel like the players lose a little bit of trust in me. But I think just mm-hmm. the first day of him being here, he's really shown uh, that he's more than just a player that can run around and kill things. Um, we were going, you know, through hard points and stuff. And. After the match, he's like, yo, we got to play this like this. We got to do this, yo. And, and his small talk and his communication, just setting up breaks and pushes, was unbelievable. It was probably the best out of any player on our team today. So seeing him wow. bring that level of communication and, you know, being so certain of the plays we need to make is, is something uh, I love to see from a Challengers player.
0: That's really cool insight to hear, because um, my next question was going to be, you know, how did we kind of come to this conclusion? You know, in the past, as Kingdom you know, mentioned, the roster changes were driven by the players. And I think to a certain extent, they they should be ready. Right? You have to be comfortable with yeah. who you're playing with. And there's a general awareness there of uh, what's, you know, who's good and who's going to fit. But we've seen it multiple times last year, and now there's already three, well, I guess only two technically, because Insight was from the bench and not from Challengers, but, you know, you've got Venom going on to LA Thieves. You've got... You know, Paul X going on to London, like people are getting called up from the amateurs and they're having a yep. positive effect on those teams. And so I think, although it may be sometimes uncomfortable, or there's not yet a rapport there between those players like that can get built up, especially when you have a, just a young cracked kid who's going to come in and, you know, be able to just uh, up the tempo. And, you know, I guess. My question is, Brian. You know, how did the process kind of work with? I mean, you kind of mentioned it a little bit, but like, did you guys talk with the players? Like each, you know, who p- had their input, and just kind of what was that process like? And I guess, uh, well, I'll ask my next question next, or maybe I'll let uh, Icon ask a question since we're kind of going in order. So Icon, think of you your next question, and Bri- Brian, go ahead.
1: Yeah. So basically, um, after we lost the two matches. I feel like even if we went one-on-one, we'd be having this conversation, but we had one-on-one sit-downs with every player and kind of asked them, you know, what could we improve with the team and what direction we should go? Because we're definitely not performing to the expectations and standards we hold ourselves to and what we see in practice every day. Things just weren't translating in the way we expected. So after having all those one-on-one conversations, uh, we came to, you know, the conclusion that I talked about before. And I feel like that's pretty much it. Yeah, I really don't
2: know what else to say yeah. on that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can touch on it. I think, like Brian said, um, you know, had we gone one-on-one, I think we still would have at least had the discussion with our players individually. Um, I mean, to Kingdom's point, like you said, you know, if we won one of the matches, you might not have seen a change. We would be, you know, sort of a top six, top seven team. To be honest, to Brian's point, we hold ourselves to a much higher standard than a top six, top seven team team. Yeah. Um, so I think these conversations still would have been had the, uh, the transition might not have been as quick, but to just go a little more in depth, it was really, I, I mean, two hour long one-on-one sessions with all four players. It was an eight hour ordeal. Um, it was very much, you know, what could we as coaches do better? What do you identify as your weaknesses as a player? This is what we think you could do better. What do you think the team needs to do to improve? Um, and I think the unanimous decision across the board for players, two coaches, six people, deciding that the the way that we could maximize our skill ceiling is moving Press into um, a second AR and making a switch. So I mean, uh, and to Ashley's point, like our kingdoms, like it is very much changing and the the there's a paradigm shift between you know players making all the roster decisions and coaches making them but at the end of the day a coach probably in call of duty isn't going to put a person on their roster that's going to make all four people uncomfortable so in that sense there is a discussion internally um and everyone does sort of eventually come to agreements on on things like that
3: yeah just to kind of jump in here I think there's no doubt about it that if you're thinking what's the best version of Minnesota moving forward, it's the version where Preston's being the Preston that he was signed to be, right? So I think for Minnesota to achieve what Minnesota wants to achieve, Priesta has to be in a spot where he feels comfortable and he can just absolutely shred. But with that, and this was just kind of the big thing going around, was there any part of a discussion about maybe moving Mike to main, AR and trying that, or was it strictly just, you know, with, with in-game leadership and like making calls and S and D was it just, I mean, at this point in time with this current move, you really only have to change one role, right? You're just taking mm-hmm. Priesta and just putting them over to flex. So if you're now changing two things, was it just a little
2: bit too uncomfortable? or what yeah. was kind of the thought process there no that's a really good question yeah. and i think that was the hardest that was the hardest part was everyone came to the same conclusion mike and lamar included that in order to maximize our skill ceiling because of what was going on in matches preston needed to run the second ar and both both of them realized that they then re- realized that that meant we could put mike on a sub and we would get better we would be good but it wouldn't Allow us to reach our maximum skill ceiling. So, you know, at that point, everyone was sort of understood what needed to happen, and everyone was on the same page. Which, in some instances, made made it easier on us, but in others, made it harder because it was like, um, you know, someone has to step down who who has, you know, statistically been playing well or playing okay. Um, and the team made the decision that the first sort of step we wanted to take in trying to fix this problem or the the first iteration of making us better was, was keeping Lamar in to begin with. I mean, Brian, feel free to, to give your spin. Um, No, I mean, that's spot on
1: (laughs) how it was. There's not really too much to dive into there.
2: And the, I mean, it's never black and white. It was probably, you know, the hardest decision I've made since, um, coaching or even as a player um, when I competed, deciding between roster decisions, because the pros and cons um, for each sort of make it a very short of a coin flip. Um, so like really hard decision. And, you know, it wasn't just like we had 15 minute conversations with everyone and someone licked their finger, put their, you know, finger in the sky and said, mm-hmm. accuracy it is
4: i heard you say the words first iteration which is interesting because you know there's a narrative that some people are saying you know i mean mike's still on the bench like this isn't you know he's not off the team you know and so i don't i don't think you guys would change the entire roster after these next two matches but who knows what happens you know and how you know poorly you know things show up um i did want to throw real quickly i know that when you're picking a team there's other roles besides main ar and flex and smg and second smg um you know there's leadership roles within the team there's um in-game leadership that is important to have on your team you can't just put a team of friars together and not have in-game leadership um was did it did any of that go into the decision making that you guys had like is lamar is he in-game leading in a game mode that was important for you guys to keep him for something like that
2: i will i think you're on the right track i will say that lamar has had back to has had multiple years in competing where he's taken a player who has had limited reps at the professional level and after a month of playing with them has begun winning winning championships Uh, kenny was a pro before he started playing with lamar but he was sort of at the fringe of amateur and pro in aw um and you saw what him and Ken were able to do together. You saw yeah. what happened when Matt came in last year and was sort of able to be molded right. by veteran leadership and someone who prides themselves in creating structure and building an environment that is able to be repeated. Um, and to, to sort of, I guess, slightly change your question, but still answer it at the same time. Like, I, I think that's something that all of us saw and was one of the reasons why it was sort of um maybe moved the needle in the direction yeah. of making that tough choice
0: Brian, it'd, it'd be it'd be sucky. you guys see my cat <laughs> yeah he wants
2: food. um
0: brian uh it would be i guess great to know because because people have been been wondering and i've actually been curious to this myself um you know i think jake's i mean and we all know like lamar is the captain of the team right like internally and externally we know he's that that igl but uh we also do know that major maniac was a a pretty big IGL in Search and Destroy. Is that, um, you know, always been the case? Has it been the case less lately? Uh, What just kind of explain that dynamic of now, like we were very, very good at Search at the beginning of of stage Mm -hmm. one. And, uh, you know, that that was great to see, but do you guys see that um, kind of improving, staying the same, or is it just hard to say? I guess I would just, I guess who's the IGL for Search and Destroy to simplify my question?
1: Yeah, yes. I mean, it's definitely hard to say if we're gonna get better or worse at the game mode yet because it's the one we've obviously yet to uh, play the least, but um, I think Mike brought up a ton of great ideas and, you know, setting up our plays, our, our defaults, and some pushes uh, here and there, kind of just when we, you know, would go into a private match and do our baseline strats. But when it came to in-game, I don't. it wasn't really strictly him calling every single play. It was a bit of a uh, collective. People would kind of trade on and off every single round. I think bringing Standy in, uh, I think it gives us the option to kind of make some more aggressive plays in S&D. One thing we were really lacking on uh, prior, even though our record was good, is I think our first blood rate was incredibly low. It might have even been the worst in the league, uh, although we had that really good record. So I think bringing Standy can allow us to make a lot more pushes and kind of just add a lot more. Uh, variables to our SD gameplay. I don't really know who's going to be calling the most in game. I think it'll definitely be a bit of a collective, as it kind of has been recently. But um, yeah, we'll we'll see what ideas he brings to the table because he originally, you know, comes from S and D, like every like pretty much every single other player in the scene at this point. And I think Sandy just brings a lot of new ideas. He's played so many tournaments this year, being a challenger, so he's probably seen so many different things in S and D that we personally haven't. And I I, I feel like i will go a long way.
0: Damn, I didn't even think about that. That's a great call out in point. Like, yeah, the guys are scrimming every day, but they're typically scrimming hard point and control. And I, guess, I don't know how your S and D scrims work, but it's probably not nearly as frequent as those respawn modes. Whereas standee, there's all these challenger cups and events and uh, tournaments where S and D is thrown in there. So he he could have more you know, experience, which could maybe even bring some new looks to, to what we're doing. Um, I guess, I. I gotta ask, just selfishly, and then I'll let the question asker rotate because it's the rotation. Um, <laughs> how have Scribs been going? And by how have Scribs been going, I mean how many have you been able to play in one day so far? Uh, and I, because you literally just got here to Texas today, have you guys been able to play and get a look at the the new guy?
1: Uh, yeah, we had two scrims today. Uh, I think they both went well. I mean, we're still learning how to play together, so you can't really expect to just go out there and fry every single map your first day of scrims. Uh, especially when one player is changing a role and then you bring a brand new player to the team. But I think uh, the framework is really there, and I think Standy's kind of brought some new ideas to the table that are really going to help us uh, improve our gameplay. It, it was funny because when we when he first got here and we were talking to me like, "Yeah, I was watching a lot of your guys' vod." And I was thinking this, 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 and this. And I was like, "Well, those are all like really good points, and they're, and they're things like we have actively been trying to work on." So the fact that you see that and want us to go that direction with our gameplay, it's awesome that you're pretty much almost immediately on the same page as us. And yeah, just yeah. just watching him play, watching Preston uh, pick up that AR and you know get a lot more comfortable with it, I think we have uh, something really good brewing up here. And Once we kind of get, you know, some of our breaks, our setups and um, rotations kind of just, you know, fully synchronized, uh, things should, you know, go the route we're expecting.
2: Yeah, I think it's still early days for us. Obviously, there's a lot that goes into making everyone comfortable with playing with one another and it doesn't happen in 48 hours. Um, But one thing that I think that is super good about the time frame and how quickly Standy's coming in is he's getting thrown into the mix against eight of the best players in the world. And it. Doesn't get harder than that. So he is getting two days of practice, getting to at least feel out the guys and how they play around the map together. And then he gets to go into his first official matchup and he will know the hardest it could get for him. And I think setting that bar really high will make the transition from, you know, top challengers player to pro that much easier. So I agree.
4: I also slightly disagree because I I think that a lot of these younger players, I mean, I know a lot of them have never experienced LAN. And I know that's not a thing anymore. We're kind of going away from that a little bit. But I do know that uh, I like Standy's chances more. In an online environment than listening to the Green Wall scream at him for his first match. You know, like I can't <laughs> I can't I mean, imagine. Amen. No, Amen. Like yeah. See, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, mean,
2: like, I, I feel
1: like I feel like that's also a really good thing about these young players coming up and, and kind of starting with the online matches. You get in the groove of playing against these pro teams and playing with these pro players. So when you go to land for the first time with a pro team, you've already been playing with them. You already yeah. know how these, how all these other pro teams play. So the transition will be nearly as bad because there's a lot less pressure since you've been doing it for so long already.
2: You make and a also, great why? point, ahead, Kingdom, bedroom. though. When when you're playing in your bedroom against Optic, uh, it doesn't vibrate <laughs> when Scump gets a two-piece. But when you're on main stage <laughs> yeah. and Skump gets a two-piece, you could be up by 200 or down by 200 and your booth is shaking. So, yeah. and I mean, it's
4: the Even if you're winning the game, it's like you, you hear Puckett screaming something about Scump. I can't imagine what that was like when those guys like. Or you're diffusing and you hear all this noise, and it's like, oh
2: well, I'm about to die. You know? Yeah, <laughs> like, that's it. Like, it's, like... it's 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 when the other instrument optic like jumps, or when your team jumps on the bomb, and the crowd goes crazy, <laughs> and all of a sudden, you know, the bomb gets checked. So, right. Um, so I do want that... to. I do want to
4: say though. I don't want to. I'm not throwing any shade whatsoever to these amateur players because Zuma made a point on his show. He said that very few people have been great online and then horrible on land. Like, very, very few. You can't, you don't, like, with one hand, you could name them, and we're not going to name anybody, but very, very few. And I do think that Skump Abner, like, changed the game a long time ago, and Simp changed it again, where it was like, there are these talents that nobody's paying attention to that are available, and you guys said it earlier. No one has played more competitive Call of Duty than Challengers players over the last two years. Like it, that they just have played so much competitive COD at the highest level, and I'm talking about the top guys at the highest level for a long time, you know. And so, I think giving guy, I think even giving Parasite, Parasite the shot that he had in London um was a good opportunity you know it was like london didn't make a bad decision there parasite wanted to be comfortable rather than leading which probably would have kept him on the team but you know he has spoken on that and so i did kind of want to ask you guys like so i heard attach say on his own channel like you know he's like and i've here i'm hearing this a lot more recently and i think you guys might have said it in your announcement but you're going into a very difficult couple of matches Mm. um these days, we're not shy about calling teams the best in the world or the second best or top three. Like, that's not something that pro players, I've heard Octane and other pro players just say out loud. Like, they, they mention these teams that they're great, you know, and Optic is a great team. Um, they have one of the greatest players in the history of the game. Uh, they have a couple of them. <laughs> and, so, um, and some up-and-comers, you know, that are going to be shining for a minute. And so I guess my question for you guys is, like, what does success look like outside of just saying like, we want to, you know, just get practice. Cause I know you guys want more than that, but like going into this match as a team um, on a positive note, like what are you looking for as coaches to make this a successful, even let's just talk about the first match versus Optic Gaming. You guys are the second match on Thursday. Like what does success look like?
1: Oh, when? Um, I wasn't oh, even going to say that. I was going to say, I was going to say a three <laughs> out.
2: <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, I like I mean look, like, <laughs> I, I, like we're in the business to win. We hold ourselves accountable every day. We hold that we like we strive to be champions. There's not a single day we get on and say we'd be okay with second. Um, anything short of a W is an L, period. Bro, well, so right
0: is it that I just with got how hyped? Our
1: first week went. Well, right now, with how our first week went too, uh, I right. think nothing less than a 3-0 is what we need.
4: Yeah, it it would be a changing of narrative if you guys three at optic. It would literally it'd be like oh snap, uh, you know Dallas might even make sure they go back and relook at some vods, you know, like and see what the heck Standy's doing on the map. Like I mean, it would be awesome for you guys, and I hope your team plays like that. Like that's my hope for Minnesota this upcoming weekend is that Minnesota comes out and plays like not that there's something to prove, but that they're a great team and they can play against optic gaming like you know yeah things have separated and i don't know if that's because of the meta but things have separated even more than they than originally at the beginning of the season yeah the big three have kind of stayed the big three at the top um but there's other teams that are actually making moves and now they're looking different you know than originally like it was like oh yeah florida's gonna be amazing and now it's like oh we don't know you know and so um it's gonna it's gonna be really interesting and
2: i i would love to see a very competitive match um, on Thursday. Yeah. It's important too. I mean, the match itself is important. It's important because we need points. Um, and like I said, like, n- if it's not a win, it's a loss. But it's important because we need Standy to get as many match reps and right. 60 hertz reps in as possible. Right. He hasn't played yeah. on a 60 hertz server in this game. And at the end of the day, these matches, like, we need to win them. What is most important is the major because that's where you get the most points, and we need right. matchups. We need. Yeah. Hear it. I think.
0: Just to explain yeah. the format, just real briefly. Oh, go ahead, Icon. If you want to kind of touch on that, I was going to move to the next spot.
3: I was just going to say, yeah, it's something that we've touched on a couple times is like when you're looking at the standings overall. Even though Minnesota did have a three-two and got put into losers bracket. Just the fact that you guys didn't win the tiebreaker and you got put in a loser's bracket, that's the biggest reason why you're underneath LAG in the seating is just because even Mm -hmm. though they went two and three, they started in winner's bracket, they ended up getting a bump in the loser's round and now they got those 10 extra points. So when you're mentioning like the majors and how important it is and how many more CDL points, like that's the biggest reason right now. Well, it was until you know, like the most recent matches against Paris and Florida, but it just kind of stresses how important those majors are. And one other thing that I wanted to point out, Jake, you said this a while ago and I've kind of been thinking about it, but just looking at like the season overall, obviously very first matchup against LA thieves came out and everybody was super hyped for that match. And it just didn't go Minnesota's way. And then the next match against Dallas came out, got a three, two victory. Everybody was super hyped, came back, beat Seattle, And at that point, it seemed like, okay, Minnesota has something here. Of course, the New York match didn't go the way you wanted. And then after that, sure, you beat London, but then a loss to Toronto in the major in the last two matches. But I thought I heard you say earlier that you noticed things even in that Dallas match that Minnesota wasn't doing, that you picked up, that things weren't the way that you guys wanted them to be like in that match. So even back then, you guys recognized not necessarily like like bad parts of your game, but just things that weren't going correctly. So when I'm looking at this roster move overall, I guess what I was thinking is like when this first started to come up, was it all the way back then against the Dallas, in the Dallas match where you kind of realized maybe this isn't gonna go how we thought it would?
2: Yeah, I think, um, and one, it's a good question. I would say the Dallas match playing a top hard point team and playing them close, like the 100T, the Garrison was close, but the Moscow obviously wasn't. You learn way more from close losses than you do blowouts. Um, So those close hard points showed um, what we were doing wrong in that series. And I think we were able to identify what we were doing wrong early, like I said, right after the Dallas match. Um, And from that point forward, we kind of knew what we needed to focus on in practice. We hard focused it to the point where we got very good at the mistakes we were making. We were making mistakes that weren't the ones that we make in matches. Um, We were making less mistakes in terms of fundamentals and more nuanced mistakes, which are the ones you want to occur in practice. But then we would go into the match and um, you would see a sort of relapse and that we would get the kills on the map, we would put ourselves in a great position and we wouldn't capitalize on that. And in practice, we were very good at getting the initial kills and doing what we needed to with them to put teams in really like unfavorable situations. We'd get into the match, um, we'd get a setup, we'd get the first wave and then we weren't pushing out. And you saw it happen again. Um, we were really good before the Paris match and when it happened, and by that time when it happened in that match, we said, okay, we fixed this problem in scrims It's not happening, but it's consistently recurring in matches. We can't be this close to it clicking and just waiting for it to click because it may never. Um, We think it's time with how important points are to step in.
0: That's a really good point, Jake, and perfectly leads into my next thing. Uh, just a quick refresher. How does this all work? Are we not going to make the major now? What are we talking about champs? It's only freaking March. What's going on? Uh, so guys, the pool play uh, or group stage uh, that, that we're watching right now in stage two, we've played two of our group. We still have three matches to play versus optic Dallas and surge. No light competition there. Even if, and I don't think this will happen, but even if we don't have a super killer last three matches, we will still make it into the major. We will just be starting in the lower bracket or the losers bracket if we don't you know i think it's placed top three in our group so what does that mean well starting the lower bracket means you cannot lose if you start in the upper bracket or winners bracket you can afford to lose one time and then you drop down and you still fight through and to king uh, or i think it might have well it might have been all of you guys icon especially you know mentioning those points that you can earn at the major that is critical and crucial so are these group stage matches don't get me wrong they're important they're 10 points per dub but where you, where you the majors is really where you make your coin, especially if you win that dang thing. Oh, my God, the dream. I think we could get there. I really do. Maybe I'm just drinking the purple Kool-Aid, but I believe. And so what all this leads into is I think we're in stage two of five coaches, correct me if I'm wrong, of uh, the year. And at the end of those five <laughs> stages, you have playoffs, aka champs, the top eight of the 12 teams make it to champs, and then they play and the winner gets like mad money in a ring. So the whole goal (laughs) is to accumulate enough points to make it the champs and to get the best seating possible in that scenario so you can bring home a championship to minnesota did i do that right i think i nailed it right that's all the details we need um (laughs) and that kind of like feeds into the point here is you know last year we started really hot with that that old roster it was cool but then it just didn't start going well and we ended up in a really tough spot um at champs i know it sucks right now because we all agree and feel this team has been not playing to their full potential i mean this roster's freaking nuts it's absolutely crazy it's 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 under It's underwhelming so far, but I would rather have it be underwhelming at first to have a strong finish. And that's something that I believe like you coaches, all the players, everyone at the organization really can pull it, pull it back and turn this thing around. Um, I guess I want to get your guys's take. Obviously, we decided to make a roster change because of all the aforementioned format and how important these, these W's and points are. But like looking at the other teams who have also made changes, uh, let's go over them real quick. We had uh, Toronto benching methods in favor of insight. I don't get me wrong, insight's a heck of a player. What? Zinny? Come on. Chef, come on, man, you can't do that. No zinny, um, no so yeah, they. They, yeah, no Zinni, no Winnie. I believe in that hashtag. Uh, so, yeah, they they bench Zinni in favor of Insight. Then on, uh, I mean, Florida, I don't think they pulled someone from the bench, but they have, like, a crazy, like, kind of new new roster coming into this year. You've got Venom now coming on to uh, LA Thieves in place of Temp. You've got Paul Hex going on to London. We have Standy coming on to Rocker. Why do you think so many teams are making these changes? You know, obviously the points are really important, but... You know, is that something that you guys kind of foresaw happening? And I just I want to get like your guys's takes on these other teams kind of picking up Ams or pick like insight came from the bench. You know, Saint. What do you think about the the other maneuvering you see other teams doing right now?
1: I mean, it's definitely not uh, unexpected. We we saw it happen last year, although not as much as right now. But with it happening last year, it posed to be a very successful. Way to move the roster around. So I think a lot of teams are just going off that. And I I think if you look to a lot of other esports as well, you'll see like CS teams taking these young talents who end up being prodigies. Mm -hmm. So I I think a lot of teams are trying to look for, you know, that player that's going to be the next big thing. Because unless you're like one of the really big name, big market teams, you're not really going to get. Uh, these super highlight already established players like Scump Simp, Abizi. I feel like all of them are pretty much you know locked into whatever teams are on from the start of their career. So I think all these other teams are kind of looking for the next Simp, the next Abizi, kind of like how E United had their um, I forgot what they called them. I guess their academy team, young and team, whatever yeah. they were, were called at yeah. the time. So, so yeah, ever, cadets, everyone's kind of looking for that, that. Yeah, the cadets. That's what it was. So everyone's looking for the uh the next young player that's kind of going to be their golden ticket. I feel like
0: Jake would love to know your thoughts. You know, you're seeing other teams. I mean, even LA Thieves, like on the same day as us, coming out with a. I mean, could play your guys' uh roster change videos side by side. It's kind of the same uh, formula going on. What do you think about these other pickups? These other teams have made, and um, I guess how more hyped than them are we that we got standy he seems like a standout to me get it because his name's yeah. like, Okay, I'm sorry. i'll let you go
2: i think we got a steal i'm happy we were able to get standy before anyone else i think uh all the roster changes going around in the league are just showing that you really can slack off um i think it's different now that coaches have insight on the roster which we spoke to earlier and i think Um, last year was really cool and sort of paved the way for picking up amateurs because you saw a team like New York go from having, I don't know, 20 CDL points when they picked up Mac to finishing fifth at champs. I mean, like when, like when New York had 20 CDL points, we had, I mean, I don't, I can't even remember. We had qualified for champs by then. Um, and uh, watching what that's able to do to a roster I think inspired people going into this year and everyone made sure to sort of take that a little more seriously.
0: Wonderful. Yeah. It makes sense to me. I think, I mean, it, it does hurt. Cause I do think major maniac is a hell of a player. I don't think that he is a bad player. It seems like this is a, a role issue that You know, we, we had to make a change. We have to move Preston. So that means the role has to move and, you know, major maniac is going to chill for a sec, but I think overall looking at this, you, you have to feel positive bringing in a young talent who can maybe help turn this thing around. So I commend you guys on, on all the effort there. I know this was not an easy past five days for you guys. I'm pretty sure Jake hasn't slept in like four years, maybe even Brian. No, I slept last night let's go i knew you yeah I knew you probably had to you might have passed out otherwise uh so before we go i don't want to take up too much more of your time i would love to do some rapid fire predictions obviously we can get a little long-winded with our predictions on the show and so now we've got five people to roll through so i'm gonna i'll let's keep our explanations brief shout out kingdom soldier and we're we'll try to just go through these uh as, as fast i'm so sorry i didn't mean to throw that dagger that was messed up uh, but but yeah so let's, let's go through these matches let's give rapid fire predictions you guys can see us on the screen right so let's go in order like like in a circle clockwise all right i'll start we got dallas empire versus paris legion 3-1 dallas that's me that's my prediction shannon mark it in the spreadsheet let's go
4: Oh, we're going game by game. Uh Nick, well, then I yep, would, oh, well, Am I think next go game or is by it game? counter? Yep.
0: yep, No, I'm so sorry. Me. Clockwise. I've literally my brain too. It's been a long <laughs> couple days.
4: <laughs> well, we're looking at the reverse, yeah. So it's it's confusing, but I'll go. Uh, yes. I, I would say three one Dallas as well.
0: Heck yeah, uh, Jake. What do you think? Um, is this is an upset mm, alert.
2: No, I just don't know if it's a three or a three one. I'll go three yeah. one. Respectful,
0: damn, y'all copying me. That's crazy. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Icon, what do you think? Dallas uh, versus yeah. Paris.
3: I do think Dallas is going to win, but Paris is looking good. I think not very many people are expecting them to be where they're at, especially with how late in the game they came aboard. So I'll go 3 2. I think Dallas has a little bit too much in search, but I think it's going to be close.
0: Brian, what do you think?
3: Were...
1: Um. Paris looked really good when they played us. I, I think they're on the up and up right now. Dallas did look not too great against Seattle, but I do think them uh, winning a tight series like that is kind of going to feel their fire a little bit and get them, you know, back on their grind. So I'm going to go with Empire 3-1. <laughs>
0: 3 woods across the board. Optic Chicago versus Minnesota rocker. Rocker three zero, standy hell yeah let's go uh okay, that's it that's crazy. that's a wild prediction. I'm gonna say we're gonna steal that control and win both the searches rocker wins three two yes, I am biased. don't come for me chat kingdom, what do you think? And it's okay if you don't predict rocker to win even though the coaches are staring at you right now.
4: I, I'm always honest um and people <laughs> have always called me an optic fanboy anyway, so they're probably ready for it uh, I, <laughs> I would say. I'm going to say 3-2 Optic, but I am going to say that this is a series that the Rocker not only can win. um, I don't want to say should, but I do think that one of the things that I've seen with these young guys is they're such a surprise that these other teams aren't ready for them. And so I don't know if you guys have scrimmed Optic or if you're going to before this match, but I would say if it's a surprise... Minnesota could steal this. Like that could be a, a dub for Minnesota.
0: Yo, I love that. Yeah, we're we're
1: not screwing them until after we play them. That's kinda of how all teams do it. Like, like you have before you play a team, yeah. you are generally just not gonna play them. So I mean we will be screwing them the day after our match, but uh until then they're they're not seeing anything.
4: Awesome. Could be a good game.
2: Yeah, it definitely won't be be playing them before i know um sandy's excited to, to square up against the green giants <laughs> um i will go um go rocker three two want to see a game five
0: yo i hope it's express snd again was i mean i know we didn't win that map but attach was playing oh, like it was man. 2013 dude it was crazy that was nuts. Uh, Icon, what's your prediction? Optic versus Rocker on Thursday.
3: All right, I'll be the one. I think it's going to be a 3-0 Optic. Now, I will say, I think if you play them <sighs> oh, in like... Oh, you're fired. Listen, 3-0? I, I, I think if you play them in like stage three or stage four, you got some time to gel. You can counter the aggression out of Envoy and stuff like that. Maybe things will be different. But That's the track. team just came together, and those four over at optic are insane envoys, always mm. all over the map. You never know where he's going to be dashi's like, got the best gun skill on the planet right now. So I think right now I'm just going to have to say three Oh optic, but I think if you ask me in stage three or stage four, I think it'll be a little bit of a different story.
2: We get to very happy you. that we still have uh, four stages left. Yeah. Yes, we yes. get to roast
4: you like horribly on Tuesday. If they win this series, <laughs> like I'm, go, we're man. just going to pile it all on. <laughs>
0: exactly.
4: I mean,
1: I, I feel like amateur players see? thrive a lot more when they're going into a series as the underdog. I, when an amateur gets yep. slotted on, a, you know, a top team, like an optic or a phase or something like that, uh, there's a lot more pressure on them. So, um, yeah, I think this is the perfect match for Stanley to get his, you know, first pro reps in.
0: Man, imagine making your pro debut against the goat. no offense to Crim scump is my goat yeah, I mean yeah, just the that. best player so, yeah. consistently for so many years even in this cod still he's a fry guy I'm excited to see you know the subverse sub angle uh there was with, with standy and and scump all right boys we don't have that much time left and I know I did say rapid fire. But we legit have to do rapid fire now. Not as much explanation. Just give me your, your best predictions. Subliners oh, versus Ravens.
1: I'll, I'll do it. Yeah, I'll I'll do it. I'll do it start to finish. Subliners, Let's go. Faze. Uh Toronto, nice.
0: LAT. Okay.
1: I'm gonna go with Gorilla's upset because I feel like they're gonna need a win there. And I don't know, I just feel oh. like they're gonna pull that one out.
0: Crazy. Um
1: Surge, rocker I'll pick.
0: All right, now write them down. Maybe Shannon could track the coach's predictions as a week. If you guys don't know, we're tracking in a spreadsheet, the predictions and I fried week one and then like, didn't make predictions for two weeks. And I'll still probably win this. I don't know. We'll see, uh, cool. just, just kidding. I gotta, I just gotta talk my shit. How about let's do them all at once. Then if, if that's better, if that's better oh, for work. kingdom. Let me hear the rapid fire like <clears> the <throat> map counts for all of the maps. Not a ton of explanation, uh, just your your knee jerk.
4: Royal Ravens, uh three one over the thieves. Hot take. Uh are New York subliners. Liners. Wait, what am I looking no, at? No, he it's, went it's Brian
1: silly. went Thursday, Saturday, Friday,
0: Sunday, Kingdoms oh, are in. Oh my bad. Yo, you're oh, right,
1: like, no, you skipped some no, that was that oh, okay. Movie.
0: Okay, so yeah, I'm I'm starting back to, I have to change
1: that. I have to change that. I, I think subliners do beat gorillas, uh, and then I think gorillas beat ultra. I'll, I'll reverse
0: those too. All right, Shannon's frantically messing with a spreadsheet. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> up. Right. so yeah, LA uh, thieves are I mean, Atlanta. it's Sorry all recorded.
4: That. She can go back and watch it. I mean, not this. Yeah. That's exciting for her. <laughs> um, London Royal Ravens. I'm gonna say they're gonna three-one the Los Angeles Thieves. New guy versus new guy. Paul X looks really good. I'm amazed. Uh, I think what he does for London is exactly what they needed and they got confidence and they're going to come out swinging. Uh, I would say the New York subliners are going to beat the Los Angeles Gorillas 3-2 and the New York subliners are going to beat the London Royal Ravens 3-1. Uh, the Atlanta Fays are going to 3-0 the Los Angeles Thieves. I'm pretty much to just call. They're they're on a 10 streak longest in COD history. They're going to go to like 14 or something crazy. I think the Phase, the Atlanta Fays. Um, I would say ooh, spicy. Uh Los Angeles Gorillas 3 1, the Toronto Ultra.
0: Damn, and they no Zinny, no they,
4: And then they bring Zinny back. <laughs> um, or do another trade. 14 day contracts <laughs> over. I don't know. Um, I would say the ooh, Seattle Surge gotta win this one. Um, I'm gonna say three two surge. I like the way the surge cool. is sounding. I like I like the way Looney's talking. Uh, I'm gonna say 3-2 surge over the Legion. I'm gonna say Dallas. Oh gosh This is gonna be Dallas's L. I'm gonna say no, 3-2 I... rocker over Dallas. That's gonna they're gonna be the kryptonite of the Dallas Empire I'm gonna say 3-2 rocker over Dallas and that may Dallas I think is gonna end up beating optic at that last match so that they can be first in the pool though Um, and then last match optic Chicago Man, they're either going to 3-0 the Mutineers and be laughing in camera and cuz of their great, you know, their their humility that they threw out rating Florida above them way back in the day. Uh but I think 3-1 optic.
2: Um
0: Jake, go ahead. Give me the graphic.
2: Like um LAT 3-2, but that's, I think, going to be a ridiculously close series. Uh, subliners 3-1 against the Gorillas. Sub. Oh, New York plays
4: back-to-back Friday to Saturday.
2: Um, subliners 3-2 against London, but if they lose LAG, they lose the second match, too. Um, Atlanta over 100T. LA uh Atlanta over 100 T 3-1 LAG over Toronto 3-1 surge over Paris 3-2 Rocker over Dallas 3-2 Optic over Florida
3: 3-1. All right, I'll nice. go through on Friday. I really like the combination of Pollux and Shawnee. I just love the way that they mesh together. I think that's a great combo. I'm gonna go London over LA Thieves 3-1. I'm gonna go New York over LAG 3-1. Going into Saturday, this is a tough one, New York versus London, which is weird because, like, two weeks ago, we wouldn't really think that this is going to be a close match at all. I'm going to say 3-2 New York, but I like where London's going. 3-0 for Atlanta over LA Thieves. I like Toronto here, too. Like, what kind of rookie comes out in his first game and sets the SD kill record? So I'm going to go 3-2 Toronto here. And then heading into Sunday, I'm super impressed with Paris. I know Seattle just got an impressive victory, but I'm going Paris here 3-1. I'm going Dallas 3-2, and then moving on to Optic versus Florida. I think this is also going to be a 3-1. So I think Florida is on the up and up, but Optic's just too strong right now, 3-1 Optic.
0: Nice, nice. All right, boys, I'll give my predictions uh, here to to round it out. L.A. Thieves versus Royal Ravens. I do love the rookie-on-rookie matchup. I'm really excited to see how Thieves look with Venom in place of Temp. This is how I score my points to win the predictions. I'm going to go L.A. Thieves. I think they'll win 3-1 versus Royal Ravens. They're just going to come out with the fire. Maybe that honeymoon stage will be hitting. Maybe the Royal Ravens honeymoon stage will be ending. Uh, Then I got New York Subliners taking Gorillas 3-1. New York subliners are they going to lose to a pissed off row Ravens on Saturday 3-2 but i don't know it could go anywhere but that's my prediction. Atlanta face 3 LA Thieves Toronto no Zitty, no Winnie, man. I think Gorillas might three 2 <laughs> them. We'll see. Uh, Paris Legion versus Surge. I do think Surge has looked a lot better, which good for them because my lord, I'm surprised they haven't made a, a big change yet. Um, but I think Paris Legion takes that three to two. It's gonna be close. Dallas Empire is going to lose to Minnesota Rocker because I think we could be their Kryptonite. You know, maybe they'll come in lacking. Who knows? Not that they would, but what if they did? Yeah. I think like we I mean could... if they beat us I'll just
1: walk next door and beat up Crim Six.
0: There you go. <laughs> there you go. He'd be like, What the floor? <laughs> I can't do a Crim Six X. I'm so sorry they all had to do that. But yeah, I got Rocky taken Dallas the street too and then optic chicago is going to 3-1 nah they're gonna 3-0 florida nah they're gonna 3-1 florida shannon write that down all right at exactly 8 30 we are ending this thing i told you boys i would only take up you know about an hour and a half of your time i really truly from the bottom of my heart appreciate you guys coming on for this amount of time on such a busy crazy week i know it's been wild i hope you guys go get some water get some food go get a good night of sleep and start the grind up again tomorrow yeah, go get I need some water, food. Go, bad. Go rest. <laughs> All right, I'll let you guys go. Thank you so much for coming on Icon Kingdom. As always, great to talk COD with you. We'll see you guys next week. Uh, hopefully, maybe we'll be talking to Standy this time next week, live on the Rocker YouTube. Are well, we'll uh, you guys doing your watch parties? Oh. Yes, we're still doing the co-streams. Oh yeah, watch the co-streams. Watch the matches <laughs> with Icon and I. It'll be sick. Okay, we play at three 30 Thursday and on Sunday. Okay, bye. <laughs>